Welcome to Tina, a podcast that digs deeper into the thoughts of teenagers' minds about the wonders of the world. If you're new here, I am your host, Isabella. And I'm Glenn. If you're not, welcome back. Here's a quick disclaimer. If we made any mistakes, please email us and tell us. Thank you. This week, we're going to shed light on how we develop our brains and what mental health issue is. So basically, the first and the second episode, we talked about how, you know, how our brains are so special and we have an amazing brain and that human intelligence is basically irreplaceable. Um, so we are going to see what makes our brain special today. One of the very important ways that human brains develop is through social interaction. Uh-huh. So I'm going to read a quote. Social cognition is at the core of human intelligence. It is through social interactions that we learn. We believe that social interactions drove much of the evolution of the human brain. Okay, so this research that these scientists did was proving how intelligence and, you know, social interaction is related and how social interaction helps us grow our intelligence. Okay, Mm -hmm. so... The scientists who did this research said that the human intellect is not the product of one individual brain. You know, it has to include people working together. And in episode one, I said that the way we grow our brain is by talking to others and trial and error and to see if one idea is a good idea or not. Right. And just emphasizing on that point, we grow by talking to others and not just being by ourselves because that would lead us to an endless circle of us debating with ourselves Uh um right okay so basically how this research was constructed by these researchers was that they had computer models of artificial organisms which are just artificial brains and they played in classic games like prisoner's dilemma so a prisoner's dilemma is a situation where individual decision makers always have an incentive to choose in a way that creates a less than optimal outcome for the individuals as a group okay so the only way the best way for this to work is to work as a group oh so you're talking about how human brains has to develop as a group so that we can strive and grow yeah so no one's a lone wolf (laughs) oh okay okay so basically they used 50 simple brains and they were put together to play classic games that are meant for these brains to work together so these games were made into more like a competition rather than a game that led to no consequences at all so in real life people like to be successful right like the last season we talked about that <laughs> right. people always want to thrive to flourish to be successful so this is what these digital organisms wanted as well they wanted to score as high as possible you mean in the game yeah in the game okay so this is how the research was set up and the researchers found out that these organisms were able to evolve 
and the transition to a more cooperative society, like after all these brains work together, they realize that a cooperative society has to have big brains. So the conclusion to this research is that basically a society needs big brains. And with these social skills, they were able to evolve more and thrive and be more cooperative. So what this research is trying to say here is that we do get better at socializing if we have bigger brains and we were to utilize our social strategies better. So we do have to cooperate with others. And it is also saying that bigger brains could cooperate better. So this level of intelligence really sets us apart from the rest of the animal kingdom because we do have a bigger brain. We said this in the first episode that it is 2% of our body weight and it is larger than other animals. I've actually had this um, idea about how people with bigger brains are smarter. Like I've had this idea ever since middle school, like Lynn's one of the examples. <laughs> Have you ever thought of this? You mean having a bigger brain? Yeah. I mean, sure. Like, I've noticed that ever since middle school, all these smart people had really big brains. Okay. <laughs> it is just a pattern that I figured out. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense somehow. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that you have more neurons, right? I'm not sure. Maybe we need to look into that a little bit more. Right. So the conclusion from this research is that bigger brains are especially better at cooperation. So what I'm taking away from here is that that maybe if I am not as antisocial, I could be smarter, but I don't know. Okay, after the break, we are going to talk about what is mental health issues and if animals have them too. Welcome back. Now we're going to talk about what mental issues are and whether other animals have them. Okay, so from that research, we're leading to the point where, you know, social interaction can cause us to grow our intelligence. Therefore, if we don't have social interactions, we will have mental health issues. So what is mental health issues? A mental health illness can be defined as a health condition that changes a person's thinking, feelings, or behavior, or all three of them, and that causes the person distress and difficulty in functioning. So some of the mental illnesses may include like depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, attention deficit, hyperactive disorder, ADHD, autism, and obsessive compulsive disorder, which is OCD. Mm -hmm. um, and each of these mental illness causes a person's thoughts and feelings and behaviors to behave a certain way. And in order to, you know, tell if someone has mental illness issues. So here are some of the signs. You could see a person's personality could change like a big change. It's not just like a small change. And they have the inability to cope with problems and daily mm -hmm. activities, maybe having issues sleeping or focusing on doing one thing like homework. And, and I said sleeping, like insomnia, that is a big one too. Um, difference in eating and sleeping patterns. Some may also have extreme mood swings and excessive anger. 
and or violent behaviors. So unlike actual diseases or viruses, you know, illness, mental illness is diagnosed by a professional using their symptoms and not through like a test, like a blood test or x-rays to see if you have a problem. Right, like COVID. Right, yeah. You could do like a test on that. But mental health issues are dependent by psychiatrists or psychologists to see if this person has the symptoms of a mental illness. So I connected how we don't have social interactions that would lead us to have mental illness, right? Because mental illness has a lot to do with the brain. People who are diagnosed with mental health issues, there's nothing wrong with them, like physically. It has to do with, you know, mental, mental issues, the brain, and it would lead to other physical issues. Basically, the brain has a lot of neurons, right? And they form a network and they communicate with muscles in our whole body to transmit information and to tell us what to do. But people with mental health issues, their neurons in the brain has some communicating issues. Therefore, they have illness. So this is the issue in the brain. If humans have them, animals must have them too, right? At first, there was this myth about animals not having them, but animals definitely have them. I mean, it makes sense if we think that animals don't have mental health issues. Right. Because look at cats. They just lie around all day. (laughs) (laughs) That, That is true. They seem like they don't have any issues. Yeah, and it just makes people think that they have nothing to worry about. Right, but they actually do have issues. Like, you have heard of animals feeling sad when they see their owners leave or their companions dying and stuff. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Like, they actually cry. And so, they feel sad like we do too. Sometimes we are able to recover from losing a loved one, but some are unable to do that. And we develop issues like depression. Um, a lot of like those old couples, when one of them leave, the other would leave like within a month or so because of the sadness of losing a loved one. I'm not saying all people are like this, but you know, those couples from movies. Mm-hmm. And this is not unique to humans only. It's just the way that they express these problems are different from us. Like a pet bird could obsessively pluck their feathers like you know they always groom their themselves um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they could apparently obsessively overdo that yeah and i feel like it's just like some people pluck their hair when they're very anxious anxious yeah and dogs also have issues with licking their paws or tails licking their tails yeah how's that even possible you know when they're laying down or something like that oh okay yeah (laughs) um so Like some would give them the cone, the dog cone to stop them from licking themselves. Mm -hmm. And this is sort of like humans obsessively cleaning their hands like OCD. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And some animals are also known to self-harm, like pulling out their own hair. Wow, that is extremely like human. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And... Animals can also be triggered, you know, by a lot of things like the same factors that trigger humans as well. Maybe like really big noise or seeing someone going or 
you know, like they have lost their freedom, stress, or trauma, or abuse. These are all the same factors that humans would develop mental health issues as well. Right, right. And you could totally see that in animals that have been held captive, like animals in labs or animals that have been abused by their owners. Even mice? Yeah. Oh, wow, that is... I'm unsure of that because I would want to say that they would want to hide in a corner and and afraid of others coming at them. Dogs would bark or like shake really hard, but... I don't know with mice if they have like obvious symptoms. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And scientists have found signs of depression and post-traumatic stress disorder in chimpanzees. I think that is a very obvious one. Those chimpanzees that has been in laboratory research. Well, it's chimpanzees. Right. I... I feel like they're so close to us. Yeah, they have so many similar actions to us. Like, that is kind of scary. <laughs> that is true. Like, the other day, I saw a Instagram post of a chimpanzee wearing sunglasses. <laughs> so, all these research and examples could show people that animals do have feelings. They do have these issues as well as humans. So, I think that some people have the misconception of this is because they are not as smart as humans or they are not domesticated and suffering from depression and all that. I feel like as long as any animal that has brains, they would have these issues in some ways because there are faults uh -huh. in our brains, like our neurotransmission parts. And I feel like having these issues are super normal for any species to have. Right, and I feel like what really makes human different in terms of mental health illness is that it's because we can understand what other people are saying. So, for example, if you think you are having difficulties, you can just say, oh, I'm not feeling well or something like that. But for animals, they don't really have a very elaborate language for them to express that. So I guess that is kind of what makes us think that only humans have this problem. Right. I would totally agree with that. Next week, we are going to talk about artificial intelligence and critical thinking. Thank you for listening to this episode. We will upload a new episode every Thursday. Remember to like, follow, and share our podcasts with your friends and family. You could also share your idea and thoughts with us on our Instagram at teenup.podcast. You could also find us on YouTube, and we will be thrilled if you could subscribe and leave us a comment. Thank, Thank you and bye! bye.